Well, you've already got about three messages, right? And we've had praise time and offering time and and uh, a lot of a lot of places you'd be out of the parking lot by now. But uh, we do it a little differently. We take our time. And, yes. Amen. Amen. You know, we think people got no problem plopping down, sitting through a movie for three hours. And uh, so you shouldn't limit uh, giving God your attention to 45 minutes or, or an hour. But everybody needs to do what the Lord's leading them to do. But uh, you got time? A little bit more? Well, go with me, if you would, in the scriptures to 1 Corinthians, the uh, 5th chapter. Like Phyllis mentioned, we uh, had been on a series that were called Faithful to Finish. But I think actually we finished <laughs> the series, which is, you know, why, like Phyllis was saying, if you didn't get it, it's available. But what we're, what we're going to be talking about is a continuation in some ways. Uh, it, it connects to it. You'll see what I'm, I'm talking about in a moment. But we had uh, talked about how that... Uh, Paul said, Spirit of God through Paul said, uh, I have uh, fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. And he said that right before he died, left his body. And what a wonderful thing to be able to say that at the end of your time on earth. Because so many people will have to say they didn't. They meant to get to it. And they never did. And they just squandered and wasted their years. And now it's over. They thought they'd have more time. And so that's why the scripture says to be redeeming of the time. And make the best use of it. Not wasting it. Well, one of the things that the Lord quickened to me about that whole uh, thing of finishing your course. Was here in uh, 1 Corinthians 5. And we'll begin in verse 1. Excuse me, I said it wrong. 2 Corinthians is where where we want to go. 2 Corinthians 5. It says, for we know... uh, Don't you like the, the language of Scripture? Not we hope so, we think so. Maybe so. This is a theory we have. No. Uh-uh. We know this. That if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved. What's he talking about? Our earthly house of this tabernacle. He's talking about this. Your body. Say it out loud. My body. My body. Is my earthly house. house. Now it will help us tremendously. Just to make the distinction. Between your body. And you. You are not. Your body. Your body. Is the house you live in. Really you're sitting there right now. Looking at me. Through those two windows. 
we call eyes. And I can see your house, but I don't see you. You're inside the house. Hmm? And, and when this house is not breathing anymore, and you leave this house, you'll still be you. You'll still exist just like you do now. Jesus said, if you believe in me, you will never die. Didn't he say it over in John? If you believe in me, you will never die. Is he saying you're going to live in this physical body forever on the earth? We know that's not it. Well, then what does it mean you'll never die? You, the person on the inside of the body, just because your body died didn't mean you died. You'll come out of your body like a hand comes out of a glove, like a foot comes out of a boot. You'll come out of your body. You won't turn into an angel. That would be a demotion. You're a son of God. Amen. Hmm? And I says, well, I'm, I'm a woman. Well, you're still a son of God. Sons of God. In Christ, there's neither male nor female. But uh, your house, your body, is a revelation that even many church going people don't have. They completely identify with this flesh as me. Make a distinction. This is not me. I live in this. This is my house. I may, I may go slow and be repetitive, but there's reasons why. Huh? I'm telling you, most people, you know, Phyllis talked about, we uh, went to a funeral yesterday. And um, more than once in times past when... Uh, there's been a funeral. I know when my dad went home to be with the Lord a number of years ago. And my mom and my brother and others were in the truck. We went to the, the funeral home. We're about to get out for the visitation. And I just stopped and I looked at them. And I said, now, uh, we're about to go in there. And, and, and dad's uh, old house is in there. But he's not here. He's not here. He's not here. That's just the house he used to live in. And it's his earthly house. Let's read it again. 1 Corinthians 5, or 2 Corinthians rather. We know, this is not theory and conjecture. We know that if this earthly house of this tabernacle, our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God. A house not made with hands. Eternal in the heavens. Somebody says, is that talking about our, uh, our new body? Uh, yes and no. When people say new body, they act like it has nothing to do with this one. But the new body is actually this one. Glorified. Okay. Amen. 
Hmm? Because people say, well, you know, man, I'll be so glad to get rid of this thing. You're never getting rid of this thing. (laughs) And that might be some of the worst news people have heard. They think all year, you come on, come on. I thought I was getting rid of it. Hey, I assure you, when the glory gets through with this, you will be more than happy with it. (laughs) But I say that because people actually... Uh, in many, many cases, they despise their body. They despise it. And they don't value it. And that is is why they treat it the way they do. (laughs) It's getting quiet. (laughs) And it's... It's a lot of darkness and lack of understanding. People, many Christians, many church-going people, they're like, man, I can't get rid of, can't wait to get rid of this nasty thing. And, and they just, they despise it. But that's not what the Scripture teaches. Keep reading. He said, uh, Let's read one again. We know if this earthly house, our earthly house, of this tabernacle, so the body is called a tabernacle, and it's called a house, earthly house. If it were dissolved, which is what happens, the dust returns to dust after the spirit leaves it after so long a time, uh, dust to dust. But even if we, if this one is dissolved, we have a building of God, a house, not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So we're not going to be houseless. (laughs) Even though we leave this one, and if a thousand years passes and it turns to dust and you can't find it down here, we still will not be Houseless. Keep going, verse 2. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Now this is what we don't like. This one's mortality. This one's been corrupted. Very much. Like a corrupted computer file. We're familiar with that term these days, right? right yeah. Somebody says, what, what happened? My computer went on the blink. And you find out old files were corrupted. Mm. What does that mean? Something got into them and messed them up. And they went awry and astray. And they don't work right anymore. Mm-hmm. And so your program don't come up. And your things don't come up. Well... That's exactly what has been, what has happened to our earthly house we have right now. When God created it for Adam and Eve, it was perfection. Perfection. No corruption at all. And it was only because of Adam and Eve's sin and their failure 
and their fall that a sin allowed death in. And death is corruption. Death is corruption. And when something's corrupted, it's skewed. It's off. And so whether it's your nervous system or your digestive system or circulatory system or your immune system or skeletal or muscular or on and on. To this day then, since the fall and since sin and since the curse, there's no such thing as a perfect human body. You, you could not find one in the earth. And this is really good people. Babies are born sometime and they say, well, look, man, they're perfect. Uh, not really. If you put them under a microscope, right? One leg a little bit longer than the other. Fingers a little different. This is a little different. Organs a little different. Sometimes a little different. Sometimes a lot different. And what we call perfect is really just good operating condition. It has full functionality. <laughs> Everything works. <laughs> but perfect? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. It's a, it's a long ways from perfect. But there's coming a time. I said there's coming a time. The trumpet's going to sound. Hallelujah. The dead in Christ are going to rise. Those These old earth houses that had been laying in a tomb for centuries or whatever, or you couldn't even find them, they are going to, to uh, become, you know, cohese together, and, and then the glory of God is going to hit them, and uh, it's going to, the corruptible is going to become incorruptible. The mortal is going to be changed into immortal. So what it is you don't like about your body right now is not the creation of God. It is the defilement and corruption of sin and the curse. That's what you don't like. And God doesn't like it either. Which is why he has made provision to completely recover from it. This life is the shortest thing you will ever do. If you live a hundred plus years thousand years, a millennia to God is like a day. So a century would be a tenth of that. It'd be like two and a half hours to God. So if you can just keep it together for another hour or two. <laughs> God time. Huh? God is going to fix everything, dear heart. He's going to fix everything. And you will so enjoy every part of your house. You know, if you hate your house, that's tough because you have to live there. Is that right? And it's in your face every day. (laughs) Some people are not laughing. I want you to say it out loud. I don't hate my house. I don't hate my house. I'm thankful for my house. I'm thankful for my house. Yes, I am. This is a good start. Hmm? This is a good. Why am I reading this? Keep, keep, keep going. He said, We groan 
earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. That's what we want. We, we want it all changed. We, we don't want the body to be just earthly. We want it to be heavenly. Imagine heavenly hair. Heavenly skin. Hey! <laughs> Past this life, you're going to run into people that you knew down here, and you're going to say, Whoo, you look good, man. And they say, Hey, not bad yourself. You look good. <laughs> man, you never looked that good on her. Well, you didn't either. <laughs> That's enough said about that. Let's forget about that. Verse 3, if so being clothed, there will be not to be found naked. A spirit without a body is in one sense naked. Keep going. For we that are in this tabernacle, what's the tabernacle he's talking about? Your body, your earthly house, grown, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed. We don't just want to be without a body, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. And all the bad junk that sin and curse and death affected would be no more. Wouldn't affect us anymore. And one of those things is aging. Once our body's changed, it will no longer be subject to aging. You will never age again. Because age, once you get to your peak, then after that, it's corruption. You're, you're, you're fading. You're past your prime. But uh, if you can just deal with it another hour or so. Huh? It's all going to be fixed. Keep, keep going. Keep reading. Now he that has wrought us for the self-same thing is God who has given us the earnest of the Spirit. Now, what James says, the body without the Spirit is dead. What the Lord had ministered to me about this in connection with our previous series, Faithful to Finish, is that one thing required to finish our course is we've got to stay in our body. We've got to stay in our body long enough to finish our course. Can you see why I said it's connected? Yes, sir. If you lose your body, then um, uh, you cannot stay here. So regardless of if you did everything that you were supposed to do, you're done. So there's two ways of saying you finished your course. Well, they finished their course. Well, even if they didn't finish all their course, they finished all they're going to finish. Right? Yes. But that's not what we want to do. We want to actually complete everything we were supposed to do before we leave. Right? Um. Skip down to uh, 
verse 6. We didn't finish reading this. Verse 6 of the same passage. Therefore, we are always confident. Now, see, he's using that same language. He started out by saying, we know. Then what does he say here? We're always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, my earthly house, we are absent from the Lord. Home in, at home in the body, absent from the Lord. Verse 7, for we walk by faith. Not by sight. Now, a lot of times that phrase has been pulled out of context. And it does apply to a lot of things. But he's talking about, we are walking with the Lord, but we're doing it by faith. We don't see Him. We don't physically touch Him. Is that right? And it's going to be that way as long as we're in the body. But when we leave the body, then uh, verse 8 We're confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So when we leave the body, we leave the earth and go to be with the Lord. And so we're no longer at home in the body. They bury the body. There's nobody at home. Which is why you don't go out to the cemetery. Stand over a tombstone and try to talk to somebody. Nobody's home. There's nobody there. So, so, and, and a lot of times that's yielding to sorrow and grief. And the sorrow of the world works death. Believers are not supposed to sorrow like those who have no hope. Now sure, there'll be times you'd like to see them. Miss them, might shed a tear. But think about them. Not you. Think about where they are. Present with the Lord. Think about soon you're going to see them again. If it's another 50 years, it's going to go by like a flash. I'm telling you. Next thing you know, you'll be leaving. And you'll be with them. And you'll see them. And y'all will have plenty of time. To catch up. All this grieving and sorrowing, like, I've lost them forever and I can't live with that. That's being like an unbeliever. Like somebody that's not even a believer. Don't act like that. Stay in the truth. It'll keep you in peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you'll even can have some joy of expectancy. Right? About what's what's in your future. What's coming up. So he said, uh, uh, while you're here in the body, you're absent from the Lord. But when you're absent from the body, you're present with the Lord. In order to, to find and finish our course down here, we got to stay in the body. Hmm? Your body is your earthly house. Or you could say kind of like in space, you need a space suit. Hmm? You can't function in space without a space suit. You lose your space suit, you can't stay in space. You lose your earth suit, you can't stay on earth. And so if you can't stay on earth, if you haven't finished your course, well, you're finished anyway, one way or the other. So is it important that we stay in the body And our body works for us. 
as long as we needed to. That was weak. You disagree with some of this or not? Am I reading scriptures? You're just concerned that at some point I'm going to get to some part (laughs) about you having a responsibility (laughs) about this thing. And you'd be right. (laughs) But it applies to me. It applies to everybody. But are we are we playing church or do we really want to finish our course? Then we we have to stay in our bodies until we get done. Huh? Man, this is growing on me as I'm talking. Go to First Corinthians, the sixth chapter. First Corinthians. Chapter 6. This bear witness with anybody's spirit. This seemed like it's a good thing to be on now. With the Lord everything is about times and seasons and what's right for now. So, uh, 1 Corinthians 6 and 9. He said, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor executioners, uh, executioners, extortioners. Are y'all laughing at me? I was thinking about something next while I was reading. (laughs) Extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 11, and such were some of you. Now see, that's the, don't don't get hung up on the previous person. Uh Uh-oh, man, adulterers, uh, you know, covetous, all these other things, you know, were. Yes, sir. He said, yeah, and, 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 and some of you, that's what you were. But, but, you are washed. You were that, but just because you were that doesn't mean you always are that. Because you can be washed. Even if you were that this morning. You can repent. You can be saved or you can be restored. And you can be washed so that you no longer are. You were. You were that last week. You were that yesterday. But not anymore. You are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Sit out loud. I was some stuff. <laughs> but now I am washed. I am sanctified. I am justified. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. 
Now he goes on to something that leads into talking about the body. He said, verse 12, all things are lawful to me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Just because you can do something, doesn't mean you should. Huh? Verse 13. Uh, meats, or we'd say foods. Foods for the belly, and the belly for foods. But God shall destroy both it and them. What does that mean? That means every natural thing down here is temporary. And even our, like we've already talked about, this body, uh, it's, if, if the Lord tears is coming, it'll be destroyed. It'll decompose, whatever. And, and all the food that you would have ever eaten, that's all temporary. He said, the body is not for fornication. Fornication is uh, sex with people that you're not in covenant with. Marriage is a covenant. And uh, fornication, you'll find if you read the epistles, he talks a lot about it. Because it was a big problem. It's still a big problem. And one of the things that people get mixed up, they say, well, I have desires and and God made me this way. Well, mm, (laughs) yes and no. But your body wasn't just made for sex. Your body was made for the Lord. Is that right? The body is not for fornication. It's definitely not for sex outside a covenant. Ever. But your body is for the Lord. And the Lord's for the body. Say it out loud. Uh, my body, my body is, for the Lord. is for the Lord. And the Lord. It's for my body. body. Now he begins to get into something here in this text. There were some who got off into some error in those days. And this error is still around today. That the material God doesn't care about. He only cares about the spiritual. And the material being temporary anyway... It doesn't really matter that much what you do with it. God doesn't really care. And that would include your material body. But that's a deception of the enemy. I said that's a deception of the enemy. God cares a lot about your body. This one right here. Keep reading verse 14. Well, that, that one statement, the Lord for the body. He's talking about now. Somebody says, well, that's, that's kind of spiritual about it. No, don't take it out of context. He's talking about the same body you can commit fornication with. That's right. Amen. That if you say, Lord, my body's for you, then he's making a commitment to you. Then the Lord said, I am for your body. And he has a right to keep whatever's committed to him. Hmm? To keep it. 
Keep it in good operating condition. Long as you need it. And God has raised up the Lord. And will also raise up us by his own power. This body. Put your hand on it. This body is going to be glorified, resurrected, raised. If it takes 300 years, 500 years, it won't be any difference to God. This body, the one you're in right now, is going to be raised just like the Lord Jesus' body was raised on the third day. The Lord raised his body. And that didn't just happen for him. He didn't need the resurrection. He didn't need deliverance from sin. He didn't need salvation. He did all of that for us. But the fact that he was raised proves we will be raised. That's why you can use words like we know. We know. Keep going. Know you not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Now when he asks questions, this is not just Paul, this is the Spirit of God. And when the Spirit of God's asking the question, don't you know? What would what would be the realization? I don't know. Or that's why he wouldn't be saying. Don't you know? And the implication is you should know, but you don't know. Don't know what? Your body is a member of Christ. Hallelujah. Hmm. Don't you mean my spirit? No. Hmm. No, your spirit is part of Christ. This body. Can you see why I'm taking my time on this? This body is a permanent part of Christ. Hallelujah. This one. It is one of a kind. One of a kind. It is designed to be eternal. And even though sin has interfered with that, to God, it's just a temporary issue that He has already fixed. But the reason I'm taking time to talk about this, we have not valued this like we should. We have taken it for granted. We have treated it improperly. People have even despised it. How many people, how many thousands have killed, destroyed their own body? How you've got to despise it to take a a, a gun and blow a bullet through your, your head by your own hand. Poison yourself, hang yourself, drown yourself. What we'll see in just a moment, you have no right to do such a thing. No right. You didn't make this. You didn't create it. You didn't give it to yourself. 
reading? Know you not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. Now, this is the church at Corinth. They, uh, not long before this, there was no Christian church there. But there were lots of temples. Temples to Diana, Goddess, Artemis, Apollo, all these guys. And you talk about wild services. There were male and female prostitutes that had their whole careers at the temple. So that when the people went to temple services, it was to have sex with all these prostitutes and do all this stuff. And so now, Paul has come and preached. People have believed on Jesus. But you got to remember, a lot of these folks are third, fourth, fifth, sixth generation idol worshipers. These temples are still going full bore on every corner. And you know, if everybody loads up and goes down to the temple to have orgies on Friday night, that's just life in Corinth. And some of them are trying to say, well, yeah, but you know, it's the spirit that really matters. So, you know, what we do with our body ain't no big deal anyway. It's about to be gone anyway. And the spirit of God is saying, no. What it, don't you know? Your body is actually a member of Christ. Do you want to be taking a member of Christ and making it a part of these idol-worshipping terrible orgies no is this about valuing the body it is keep reading verse verse 16 what (laughs) is this a current message for us today (laughs) what Know you not? That's another another said. Don't you know? Don't you know? He was joined to a harlot is one body for two, saith he, shall be one flesh. See, so many people. This is this is so common. It's so common among church people, young ones, uh, middle-aged kids, having sex with each other. Teenagers, college kids, dear me, some of them plan to do it half the time they're there. It just, and, and the thought is, it's only sex. It's only, and, and it's my body. Not if you're a Christian. Not if you're really a Christian. Now, if you're not a Christian, you do whatever you want. But you also don't go to heaven. Everybody does not go to heaven when they die. So he said, uh, don't you know this? Verse 17. He that's joined unto the Lord is one what? Spirit. Spirit. So being one spirit is not the same thing as one flesh. Keep going. 
flee fornication. Run from it. Every sin a man does is without the body, but he that commits fornication sins against his own body. Can you sin against your own body? This is one way you can do it, but that's not the only way. Sin against. Well, if you're sinning against your own body, you're not treating it honorably. You're not being a a, a proper caretaker of it. Verse 19. What? (laughs) Don't you know? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, we'd say, which is in you. Who's in you? The Holy Spirit is in you. Does he want to go to these crazy bars and, and um, no. concerts where they're cursing God and every kind of foul thing? Because when you showed up, he's there too. Is that right? Because your house is not just your house. It's his house now. Now that you're a believer, it's his house too. Tell your neighbor, say, I don't live alone. (laughs) Even if no other human is in the apartment or house with you, you as a believer are never alone. You're never alone. The Holy Spirit's not imaginary. He's a real person. What? Don't you know? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, temple means, you know, holy place. Holy place of the Holy Spirit. What is this talking about? Help me out. This. Right here, right now. This is the Holy Spirit's house. Right now. Is it a holy place? Now see, people are so messed up in their thinking. They'll go, they'll travel all over Europe, they'll travel all over the world to see these cathedrals. And they marvel at the stonework, and they marvel at the stained glass. And I've been by some of these places, and, and you hear people, they won't even raise their voice in there. They're like, of God it is not the house of God no it's not the Lord said in the book of Acts what house will you build me I don't dwell in buildings made with men's hands he created galaxies and universes you can't put him in a box I don't care how fancy your cathedral is. (laughs) You can't confine him in there. You can't make him move in there. He fills heaven and earth. But he has chosen to take up residency in what he made. What he made. 
This is astounding. I wish I had more time, but can you come back next week if the Lord tells is coming? I hadn't even got to what we planned, but uh, this body, the psalmist said in Psalm 139, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. This body is astounding. I was going over a few things last night. Your bones are like five times stronger than steel. One cubic inch of bone can support 19,000 pounds. You're capable to discerning over a trillion smells. You, you got a hundred thousand miles of blood vessels running through you. It just, man has never made anything like this and never will. But people treat it like dirt. And I know it came from that. <laughs> But it's not just dirt anymore because God put his hands on it and he formed it. And you don't even appreciate dirt. What's in dirt? All the minerals, all the building blocks. You go to the moon, you can't find any good dirt. And then he breathed the breath of life. God, his own hand, formed this. And then breathed out of himself life into it. And man became a living soul. And even in its fallen state, this is good enough right now for the Holy Spirit to say, yeah, I'll live there. I'll live there with them. Till we do the big up upgrade. <laughs> Read the next phrase. What? Know you not your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which you have of God, and you are not your own. So when people say, Well, it's my body. Are you saying you're not a believer? You're not a Christian? Oh, no, I'm a Christian. Well, then it's not your own. Say it out loud. My body body is a marvel. marvel. It is an amazing creation creation of of God. And I am blessed to have one. So I can have a life on earth. So I can be of service. I can have reward. And my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It is His house also. And I am not my own. I'm not my own. Verse 20. You are bought 
with a price. That includes your body. That's why our body is a permanent member of Christ. Why? When Jesus went to the cross, he didn't just go in spirit. He went spirit, soul, mind, body, didn't he? And so he he redeemed us, what? Spirit, soul, mind, body. He purchased us. Spirit. Did he purchase your spirit? You're not your own. Did he purchase your mind and your soul? Did he purchase your body? He did. He bought it. He paid for it. And he sees it as his. It's his property. And so when people say, well, you know, they do stuff to their body, abuse themselves, or do all kind of things. Well, it's my body. That's acting like a, a heathen. That's acting like an unbeliever. Everything you start to do with your body. You should check in with the owner. Is that right? Check in with the owner. I mean, people know that if they're renting an apartment. Right? But I'm going to knock this wall out and I'm going to do this. You don't own it. You're just renting. Is that right? You better check. Well, it's my apartment. No, you don't own it. And this body, you should not, you and I should not just do anything and everything that crosses our mind. We should go to him and go, is it all right for me to do this, Lord? With the, with this body. With our house. (laughs) That you and I are living in. And you'll find many times he'll say, no, I don't want you to do that. (laughs) And you need to say, yes, sir. It's, it's yours. You bought it. Hmm? And, and if you got a little bit of thing, well, I don't, I don't like that. You better like it because it's the only reason you're getting resurrected. It's because he bought it. That's the only reason. That when you die, you're not dead and gone forever. It's because he bought it. It's his. He can, he's going to raise it from the dead. He ought to have some say-so over it. And how many think that if we listen to him about what we do with our body, that's going to go a long ways toward him being able, the Lord for the body, him being, uh, excuse me, the body for the Lord, and then him being the Lord for the body, able to keep our body until we finish our entire course. We don't lose our body early. We don't check out early. We don't, so many accidents that people die young from. If we'd have been praying and listening to the Lord, he'd have said, don't go there. Don't do that. Stop. And they wouldn't have died. And so they still have their body. Right? And they'd still be serving God 30 years from then. Can you see this? But if you just think, well, I, you know, I'll do what I want to. It's mine. I'll do what I want to. Well, yeah, and you can lose it too and miss the whole deal. But by the grace and mercy of God, we're not going to be fools. Stand up if you would. We're reading scriptures today? Yes, sir. All right. You believe the scriptures, don't you? Yes. 
Altar workers, would you come to the front? Let's lift our hands again and thank the Lord for being so gracious to us, so good to us. And I think it'd be appropriate, just close your eyes and focus on Him, to, uh, to repent. Because uh, many times we have not treated our bodies as we should. We didn't act like the Lord had any say-so concerning them. Said out loud, Father God, thank you again for giving me life, giving me existence, and a body so I can have life here on earth. Forgive me for the times I did not value my body. I did not appreciate it. I didn't treat it right. Even mistreated it. Even abused it. Disliked it. Despised it. That is ignorance. That is deception. I repent for that. That's not my heart. If I didn't have my body, I couldn't exist on earth. I couldn't have a life here. Our service, our reward, and I'm thankful for that. Show me, reveal to me this amazing creation that is my earthly house. And the temple of the Holy Spirit. Show me what it really is. What your will is. Concerning it. What pleases you. In how we take care of them. What we do with them. We seek to honor you. And to please you. And we acknowledge. I am not my own. I have been bought with a price. And so I will glorify you, God, with my spirit and with my body, which belong to you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.